Welcome, Bears fans, to another episode of Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're two jamokes who will continue to watch the Bears so you don't have to. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's not much of a reason to keep watching, is there? Um, follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore scat. Ask us questions. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Yeah, the season is looking a little bit bleaker after last Thursday night, so... To Tom's point, send us some questions because I have a feeling that the actual discussion of the games is going to become less and <laughs> less and less interesting from uh, this point forward. But that is where we'll start this episode, which is a recap of Bears in Washington. And if you go back to last week, I said that I thought the Bears were going to win, and I thought they were going to win big, which actually I don't feel that bad about that prediction because the Bears should have won that game they should have won it. by a lot, but red zone incompetence and special teams mistakes, and here we are talking about another loss that should have easily been a win. Uh, frustrating Thursday night football game. Um, I was an idiot and bet on the Bears, so <laughs> not only did they lose, but they cost me money, which added to my level of annoyance after that Thursday night game, but it's a tough watch right now. Not necessarily surprising, but these games are pretty brutal, especially when the Bears right. are playing a terrible team like Washington. Um, did you have any initial reactions to the game? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> just, just that it was bad? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, you know, one thing uh, that Biggs uh, pointed out this week is that... Um, you know, I mean, it always comes down to perspective. And uh, if you're looking at it from the aspect that uh, Paul said at the beginning of the season, um, this is rebuilding. And we, along with most other Bears fans we know, said at the beginning of the season, this, this, ter- this team is going to be terrible. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, it's really not new news. Um, it's not surprising. And they have done some good things. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's To me, it's still starkly different than what we were watching last year. Last year, I was actually depressed by watch, what I was watching. Yeah. Now, I'm just like more like disappointed that... They can't make those plays to get them over the hump. Right. Uh, And they do seem to shoot themselves in the foot quite a bit. But we do need to remember that these guys uh, haven't been together that long. Um, It is going to take some time. And a a lot of them won't be here very long. Exactly. (laughs) That's true. And, you know, there's holes. So Yeah, the the roster's terrible. And I I think it kind of, I had this, like, epiphany this week and... I keep expecting Fields to have like a big statistical game where he's throwing for like three touchdowns or 350 yards and the Bears are scoring 35 points. I keep expecting that to happen every time they go up against one of these bad defenses like Washington. I just think it's not going to happen this year. I think the personnel is just too limited. Yeah. And I think no matter how much he develops or, you know, regresses, it's going to look a lot like what we've been seeing over the last year and a half now. It's going to be some good. It's going to be some bad. There's going to be some plays where the personnel lets him down, but I just don't think that this offense with the players they're trotting out there 
has the has a three hundred and fifty yard game in him because and let, something breaks down on every play. Either somebody's not open or or sorry, either nobody's open or the blocking breaks down or somebody is open and they drop the ball. Fields makes mistakes too, but I think just so many things have to go right for this team even to have a positive play. Yeah. And that, you know, <laughs> in that vein, right? Yeah. We're just talking about the personnel on the field. Let's not forget the personnel on the sideline, yeah. right? You know, uh, that's one of the things uh, that um, I was reading about quite a bit this week. It's You can't just focus on one aspect of it because it doesn't work that way. Yeah. This is the biggest team game in the world. Right. And right now, our uh, uh, we can just focus on the offense... Because the defense is easily a 30-minute conversation of its own. Uh, But just looking at the offense, none of the aspects of it are working. No. And so the focal point easily is number one. It's always been that way. It always will be that way. But what you have to do is open up your vision, zoom out, you know, and... uh, and and think about the fact that there are a lot of moving parts here and right now they're just it's like they're all spinning on themselves rather than working in cohesion. Yeah, exactly. And it's always something on every single passing play. I'm going to leave the run game out of this cuz the Bears are able to run the ball. Okay, which congratulations, throw them a parade for that. It's not how you score <laughs> it's not how you score points in the NFL. In the passing game, it's it's either the blocking or it's the receivers or it's the quarterback. Very rarely does it, do all three phases of a successful pass play click for the Bears. And that's it just in large part due to inexperience or lack of financial investment. And there's just a lot of bad players on this offense right now. There, I mean, when we talk about fields individually, I thought there was more good than bad in the game. He made some really nice throws, um, including one that went for a long touchdown to Pettis. There were some really bad throws too, but overall, even when he was able to string together a a nice play or two and they were able to get down into the red zone, once everything gets bunched up down there, you just really are able to see that the Bears just don't have the talent to compete with pretty much any other other team in the NFL, because if you can't put up points on that Washington defense, you're not putting points up against anybody. Um, Now, now, one thing is, and this isn't an excuse, this was... This was known long before this game. Is their front seven is pretty good, Washington? Yeah, yeah. and their defensive line has a uh, has a ton of talent on it. Yep. Chase Young uh, and Mont- Montez Sweat. I'd love to steal that guy. I mean, it's like you know? I mean, Young didn't play, but they've got what like including Young. For, yeah, that would have been even worse. <laughs> yeah, it's like they've, they've got what four first round picks on their defensive line, including, right. including Young. Right. So, I was just calling him out because yeah, yeah. he's still a brilliant player and what is he like 23 it's years a old super talented group it absolutely. is it is and you saw that come you saw that kind of wreck the game at times i mean fields was getting hit a ton that's nothing new he gets hit a ton every week and one thing i, I hope happens and the bears have kind of a mini buy here because they played on thursday and they're not playing again until the following monday yeah I hope there's some sort of a come-to-Jesus meeting about this offensive line because it's horrible right now, and I don't know how much better it can get because 
the players in the building just aren't very good, but I would have to hope that it can get a little bit better than this. Yeah, there was um there was a graphic that it was circulating this week about how their pass blocking is like actually really good. It's not. And you know, the, well the thing was is that you know with with certain metrics, you have to again, you have to zoom out and look at the bigger picture because maybe they're winning on an individual scale, but that doesn't show the fact that almost every play last week there was a guy instantly in the backfield unabated. Right. You know, you can't have that. You can't have four gla- four guys or five guys all blocking. They're all taking up space, but there's still one guy jetting to the quarterback. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, I I, I am a big fan of advanced metrics, but you <laughs> Me have to. Too. You, I love them. But you have to watch the game. Too. You have I to mean, watch the game. If you sit down and you watch a Bears game, there's no way that you're going to come away with the conclusion that they pass block well. Yeah. I mean, Mustafer, I mean, just talking about the passing game. Mustafer is terrible. Patrick has been terrible. Jones doesn't look ready to me. The, the the right side of the line's been a little bit better, but they've got to figure out if they can shuffle those pieces around a little bit and try to pass block a little bit more effectively because it's brutal. You can see it during the game because how many times in that Washington game did Fields get hit and he was laying down on the turf and needed help getting up? I mean, he's too he, many. He's just getting smoked. And one of these hits, he's just not going to get up from. I mean, no matter who you are, if you're taking hits like that week after week after week, you're not going to make it through the season. And Absolutely. I don't know. I mean, Patrick, right? I mean, they signed him to play center. He's been playing guard. He's been doing poorly. Maybe he'll play a little bit better at center. Otherwise, I don't know what you signed him for. And then Whitehair got hurt. Yeah. So our one staple to the line is not even playing. Exactly. So I don't know if... They, they they sign Reef, supposedly, to play at one of the tackle yeah, he spots. He hasn't played at all. He hasn't played at all. Um, you know, uh, actually, I was reading about Leatherwood yesterday. Um, you know, they went and si- they signed him. And uh, it, until I saw his name mentioned, I actually forgot he was on the team. Yeah, because he had what mono, right? Been, yeah, I guess out. that's what it was. So, and, uh, you know, I mean, so... They're paying him five and a half million dollars this year, so I'm pretty sure they didn't do that just to have him ride the bench. Yeah, not they didn't they didn't do it for kicks and giggles, right? Yeah, so, so you know, there guys out there, look, we we're not trying to just you know pee on uh, uh, the the efforts that they're trying to make, but there's something that they have to do uh, it, the. The one thing that has also been confusing is the whole switch in and out. I mean, actually, Tevin Jenkins seems like the one guy who actually is consistently playing pretty well. Yeah, he's been really good. I mean, he's not been perfect, but when you consider the fact that uh, Thursday was, what, his sixth game at guard ever? Yeah. I mean, at least certainly in the last few years. I think he's doing just fine. Borum, I think is doing okay. I think the numbers show that out, but the other three are not doing well at all. And Jones, he's in over his head. He, he, we, we, that was one of our biggest concerns going into the year is that you don't see 
rookies that are drafted in the fifth round starting at left tackle. Maybe he was a prodigy and the Bears were... And the Bears saw something that nobody else did, but obviously that's not the case. He's he's just not ready. They're probably going to stick with him because he's been starting. They're not going to yank him and mess with his confidence, especially because they don't have a, another viable option there. But right. he's not doing great. I, I if he he's you know I don't know whether he's you're right. He's not doing great. I don't know whether he's doing. I wouldn't say he's doing terrible. But, uh, you know, I, I was reading that, you know, they're having to chip a lot over on his side. Well, on the left side, it, almost every team has to do a lot of chipping over there because yeah. that's where your top DNs are anyway. Yeah. But um, but considering who he who, who he is and where he came from, I don't think he's doing horrible. No, I, we've seen worse left tackles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, One mean, of them was a Hall of Famer named Orlando Bates. <laughs> Not a Hall of Famer based on his performance with the Bears. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, if, if he was your one weak spot, then, yeah, you could throw two guys over there to help him and chip him, and you could kind of cover that up a Remember little bit. Remember Jamarcus Webb? Well, he wasn't even drafted, I don't think, was he? <laughs> I, I don't think he was. He, or was he a seventh rounder? I think he might have been a I don't seventh. know. The only thing I remember about Jamarcus Webb is Cutler screaming at him. <laughs> Other than that... Oh, I remember that game. Actually, It's actually pretty wild. I think Jamarcus Webb was playing in the league up until like two years he ago. He played a long time. I mean, he was really big. Well, that's the thing is is that we it's kind of known in the NFL. If you're just an enormous guy, you can kind of play for a long time. For sure. And Jones, he might still end up being really good. Maybe he'll end up being an amazing pick in the fifth round, but... Well, he's really young. I think he's only 22. Yeah, he's, he's not ready right now. Yeah. And... Trust me, he's not even been the worst player on the line. So the, the, <laughs> yeah, the, exactly. The, the line is in is in brutal shape. It's brutal. I I, I was kind of hoping that maybe because they had a long time between games, they would maybe see if they could find like somebody on the street that could be a little bit more competent. Because they obviously don't want to go to Reef. They obviously don't want to go. Where's to, Jason Peters? They he's on the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. They obviously don't. They obviously don't want to go to Schofield, right? So like, I don't know. Maybe they think that. Their best five are out there, but if that's the case, then that's a really, really strong indictment of the front office because that's not a NFL offensive line right now. No. And th- if this was the plan, it was a bad plan it because was a bad plan. Y- you're going to get the quarterback killed. Um, the receivers continue to suck. <laughs> I mean, like, there's no other way to say that. Um, one checking <laughs> checking the digest <laughs> to this point, uh, they still suck. Yeah, they're still terrible. One guy that has sucked is now cut, Smith Marset. Oh, so, so so long to him. Um, Not like he was. I mean, he was. He wasn't really that much part of the team anyway. Yeah, I mean, he played two games. So had, let's. So if we're gonna talk about this, let's talk about. Give me your take, Cole Commit. Yeah, I mean, did he play on Thursday? That's all you can really say. He's like 20 feet tall. I mean, yeah, there's just nothing to say about him. It's the He's our giant that somehow disappeared on the field. I think think that's who Fields was throwing to when he bounced the ball off the guy's helmet. He was. That was the only time I saw Cole come out. That was a terrible... Did he wear camouflage during the game? No, he's just not... Yeah, it's... It's been, it's been a Does dis- he have an invisibility cloak? It's been a disappointing start to the year, for sure. Because I had kind of hoped that year three he would 
take another step, but it's been more of the same with Cole Komet, and at some point, you're just kind of running, you're, you're, you're running through the same cycle over and over again with him. <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I don't understand with that guy, uh, you know, the, uh, Biggs was trying to answer questions about him, and it was, it was interesting because his, his answer was pretty damn vague. I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not doing anything. It's just like, it's just like, yeah, we got this young, huge guy out there, and really the only time you happen to notice him is when he's run blocky. <laughs> He's a fine blocker. I'm pretty sure that's not why they used the second round pick on him. No. And maybe that will be his role. Maybe he'll play for the Bears for 10 more years and he'll just be the third tight end and they'll use him in run blocking situations. <laughs> but it's been a disappointment in the passing game. Uh, the other guy that's been a disappointment so far is Mooney. Disappointing again because yes. he had a chance to win the game after all of the horrible play. The Bears still had a chance to win that one and... Fields hit Mooney right in the hands on the goal line. Mooney just dropped it. So, uh, you know that one is. Um, if you want to be a number one receiver, you got to make that catch. Yeah, that that was one of the worst. Not not that was just one of the most disappointing plays of the year for me. Uh, I just you know because I, I read that article by Pompey and I swear this kid's desire left left off the screen when I was reading that piece about how hard he is working and about how serious he takes this and then you see that and you're like you know I'm one of those I'm a fan that has tried to resist the downplaying of his skills uh but he's just he's just not a one we 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 hope for him to be something more than that uh, to you know, to be that number one guy, but it's just he's not. He, he's he's a number two, or really, uh, like our buddy at the bar. He he he, our buddy at the bar plays Madden and puts him <laughs> in the slot and says he's amazing there. Well, you know, so I mean, he could still be a great wide receiver. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I'm just saying he's not elite. No, he's not, and. We need elite, and he ain't it. Yeah, I mean, you just got to catch that one, man. Like, he's been better the last couple of weeks. He's been more of he's been more involved in the offense. He's been getting targeted more. He still is making plays out there, but when you have a chance to win a game like that, it's not like the defensive back made a play on the ball. No. That was just a drop. And it was just a drop. The, the one before it was a drop, too, by Pettis. I mean, the Bears had two chances to win that game. Fields hit. Two different receivers right in the hands. Both of them dropped it. I know Pettis was interfered with. It should have been called. Yes. When you talk about the NFL, like, the officiating is so bad. It's bad. That if you give NFL officials a chance to blow a call, they're going to blow it. <laughs> like, so, you got to, as much as it sucks. Rise gotta, above. As much as it sucks, you got to take it out of their hands. Or If that does happen and you do get interfered with, you got to get up just screaming bloody murder to try to get the call. Because NFL officiating is terrible, but... Going back to the point, both of those receivers had both hands on a ball with no defensive back interfering with it, and they both just dropped it. So, right. You know. It, it, the, the good receivers make that uh, make that play. Um, I do want to take a quick side tack here because I, I mentioned to you, this to you briefly, and 
Uh, I do want Bears fans. I kind of want to. Uh, I kind of want to plant this idea out there. One player I have been looking at uh, for uh, Chicago next year is T. Higgins. Now, the reason I'm looking at T. Higgins is because this is his third season, which means at the end of this year he will be restricted free agent. And since he was a second round pick, not a first, there is no first round option on him. Wouldn't he have to be in his fourth year? No. Okay. Not as a not, four years is anybody that's not a first round pick. Oh, okay. Yeah. So at the end of his third, he'll be RFA, and Cincinnati has a huge amount of money out already. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have to um, deal with their true number one because their number one is Chase, right? So that leaves two guys maybe in that world: T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Now. I'd certainly prefer to get Higgins. Um, Higgins screams number one, and he deserves to be a number one. He, I think he would be a great pickup. Um, they're, so they're going to have problems, as far as I'm concerned, with money. Also, what are they going to give him as far as a tender? Are they going to try and give him a first-round tender? Because the thing is, is it will cost a lot for them to try and give him a first-round tender. And I don't think they have the money to do it. Yeah, if he's available, I love T. Higgins. Yeah. that w- If you talk about pairing T. Higgins with Mooney, plus maybe drafting a wide receiver, yes. then you're starting to talk about an NFL offense. Yes. <laughs> like, which is something that the Bears have not had. Uh, I mean, I'm telling you, he's, he's an interesting uh, player to look at because he's a player that should have been drafted in the first round and wasn't. So, um, you know, that I think he was actually pick 33. Uh, so, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a spot where we could try and steal a guy. Now, I mean, it won't be cheap. You know, they're going to have to pay out big money for him. They might have to, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, looking at it right now, say we have, um, we can trade down, uh, you know, get, uh, you know, get one of their first round picks and then Higgins, and we give up our first round pick, which is probably going to be high. Do you do that? Um, because the thing is, is that he is going to cost at least a first or a second. Probably. I mean, I'm trying to think. It's like if you trade them a second round pick for T. Higgins, it's like could you draft a better player in the second round? Probably not. Probably not. And he's not that old. That right? guy is great. So. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't trade a first for him. Would you say? Think. Would you say right now, T. Higgins is elite? No, but he's very, very good. I'd say he just maybe he's just outside of it. Yeah, I mean, it's like when you talk about elite, that's like Jefferson, Chase, right? Those types of guys. He, I, I don't think Higgins is at that level, but I really, really like him as a player. He's better than any receiver the Bears have had in my lifetime. <laughs> You know, so. Brandon Marshall was pretty good, though. Yeah, yeah, right. Brandon, I always forget about him. Yeah, but yeah, okay. But I mean, I, I love the thought. I mean, they're gonna have plenty of resources available to bring in any positional group they want. They're gonna have draft capital. They're gonna have free agent dollars to spend, and I hope they bring in two or three guys like that. Honestly, like get as many skill position weapons in here as you can, so that along with Darnell Mooney, then. That's when you start talking about legit NFL offense is when you have literally four or five guys that can threaten the defense on any play. The Bears have zero right now. Mm -hmm. Mooney's good, but teams aren't afraid of him. 
Um, and, you know, as we get closer, I mean, obviously, it's really early to be talking about the draft and free agent acquisition. I mean, basically, we're a third of the way through the season. Um, but, you know, the the thing is, is that uh, it does look like the Bears are probably headed for at least a top 10 pick. Yeah. Well, right? that's, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we can talk about the big picture here. I mean, the Bears are through their easy part of the schedule. And, yeah. and they're two and four. And there's not a lot of wins when you take a look at the remaining schedule. A lot of the games later on in the year that when the schedule came out, we thought were going to be winnable, not looking so great right now. I mean, the Jets are pretty good. Yeah. And the Bears play them in a few weeks. The Falcons don't stink as much as everybody thought. And the Bears have to go. Four and two. Yeah, and the Bears have to go to Atlanta and play them. So, the really, I mean, the... the, the most winnable games are the two against the Lions. We'll see how those go. Yeah. But the next three games for the Bears are really tough. They could win They could win against New England. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, uh, all I'm saying is is that at the same time, when you look at it, the Bears haven't actually been, like, blown out either. You know? No. I mean, um, you know, they, they were getting blown out by the... By the five and one Vikings that are apparently on their way to the Super Bowl, and Kirk Cousins is the greatest quarterback since Joe Montana. But uh, you know uh, the Bears scored nineteen unanswered against them uh, in the second half, and that was a game all the way up until the guy you just mentioned was a total idiot. <laughs> that wasn't on the team; that was squarely on him. Yeah, but I mean. The bear. I mean, the Bears were down eight still. Oh, I, I, I'm not saying that they would have won. Right. I'm just saying they were they were moving in the right direction. And even the play, even Smith Marset after the game was like, "Yeah, I, I stiff armed the one guy, and then I started to go out, and then Dantzler got back up and came and took the ball away." Yeah, he was trying. He was trying to make a play. It was. It was. It was. It was. It wasn't a good play, but it's a young player, right? You know, whatever. But yeah, I mean. I, I agree. It's not like they're. It's. I mean, the Bears theoretically could win any game. I mean, if Fields plays the way he did in that second half against Minnesota, they can beat anybody on their schedule because yeah. he looked like a top tier quarterback in I that mean, second half. The but. the the um the the Lions they got shut out. I mean, really, how often do teams in the NFL get shut out, get zero points? It just doesn't happen that much anymore. No, I mean, yeah, pretty rare. I mean, that was a bad game for them. But <laughs> I know, but still. If you if you take that out, though, the Lions are averaging like 35 points a game. And they're giving up like 38 points a game. Yeah, but the Bears aren't scoring 38 <laughs> on them. <laughs> like, no, probably not. Yeah, so... Say say what you want about the Lions, but other than that, the Bears are... I mean, this this could be the start of a long losing streak. They've already lost three in a row. I don't think they're going to win the next three games before playing the Lions. And I don't know how many more games they're going to win altogether, so... Probably not many. As much as it sucks to say that after six games, it's time to start thinking about the draft and about next year, that's... Kind of the reality because this this offense hey, and this team. Nikhil Harry's going to start playing. Yeah, he's back. I think right. Finally, he's playing. He's going to he's going to finally have. We're going to actually get to enjoy a, one of our players playing a former team and sticking it to him instead of always being on the opposite end of that. When was the last first round pick to 
start at wide receiver for the Bears. Oh man, that's a that's a that's a very good uh, Kevin White. Yeah, I guess right. That, yeah, I should have saved that one for Bears trivia. But, um, <laughs> we 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 forget that Kevin White actually played for anybody, but yeah, <laughs> or actually started a game. He was still in camp this year. I don't think no. he made a team, but yeah, it's going to be the Nikhil Harry revenge game. How is that possible? He was he was in a camp. How is that possible? I don't know. I guess they asked Belichick today about Nikhil Harry, and Belichick was like, "Oh, he tried hard here," and. I'm sure that means he's trying hard over there, too. <laughs> so, not necessarily a ringing endorsement from your former coach. The, yeah. other, the other guy before, uh, Bayless Jones, man. <laughs> like, oh, man. You got to take punt return duties away from him. Now, now they are they are doing that. Um, Dante Pettis is going to be the punt returner. Um, but, you know, Bears fans, don't, you know, don't completely abandon him as a player simply because he's not doing good at punt returns. Um, you know, punt returning is very is a very specialized skill it's hard. in the NFL. It's freaking hard. Um, we want to see him perform more uh, with his abilities as, as, as catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, you know, um, that kind of gadget player like Tariq Cohen um, that you know can run out of the backfield, catch passes out of the backfield, and turn on the Jets. And we know that he can do that. Yeah. So. It, it hasn't. It's not like it's been all bad news with him. It's just that he, he he's not ready to play punt returner. Yeah, I mean, people start saying he's a bust because he's dropped two punts. That's just dumb. But yeah, I mean, he, when he's been involved in the offense, he's been okay. Um, I mean, I think this week he had like a ten yard catch and he had an eight yard run, and those were only the only two times he touched the ball on offense. But if if they want to get him back to punt returning at some point, like. Whatever the equivalent of sending Cody Parkey to Soldier Field to practice kicking under the helicopters, <laughs> whatever the equivalent <laughs> is for punt returners, that's what needs to happen. That's what, that's what we need S- to do send, now. Send Valus Jones to Soldier Field on a Tuesday night with the news cameras flying around and just make him catch 100 punts a night until he's capable to yeah, do it. Yeah, because... you know, well, either that or just find a different player to do it, right? Yeah, I well, mean, well, if, he, if he's not working out a punt returner, don't put him back out there. Yeah, or let him learn the offense, and then maybe in the offseason you can teach him how to return punts. I didn't realize he only re- he, he only returned like 18 punts in yes. college. Yeah, because he only did it one year. Yeah. That yeah. was it. He only did it his last year in college. That's it. He was, it, he was a kick returner and, you know, slow. Flash receiver. So, I mean, when they took him, Poles, you know, at least in my opinion, Poles knew that he was taking the gadget guy, right? Right. He was supposed to be a returner and also be a gadget guy for the offense. I still think he can definitely be those guys, be both of those things. And I certainly think he can still be a punt returner. He has to learn how to not get so nervous about what he's doing when he's out there. I mean, not only did he not only did he fumble there, but we also saw him field the ball at like the three yard line. Right. It's like you know, dude, what the, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. So, but those are not things. Th- those are things that we've seen many times from many players. So, yeah. and he can still be a kick returner. Kick returns are a lot easier because. It's like it's kind of like baseball. He's, he's actually had some good kick returns already this year. And it's kind of like baseball, right? Like when when you're doing a kick return and you're catching the ball, you're pretty much always running straight ahead because you can line up in the back of the end zone. Yeah. When you're punt returning, a lot of times you have to go laterally or even backwards, and it's just a different skill set. So I'm not writing him off yet as a player, but yeah, it's time to take punt returning away for a little bit because arguably 
along with the drops in the end zone, that muffed punt was just as much of a reason they lost this game against Washington. Okay, so I'm going to call this out. This is kind of a weird uh, segue here, guys. But uh, we were talking about points per game, and and I read this today uh, from Biggs, uh, from Bad Biggs, uh, Chicago Tribune. Um, He says that uh, he was talking about the fact that right now, it recently came out that the Packers have only scored 107 points. Packers, boo! Uh, anyway, um, and that's the lowest output during any six-game stretch of starts for number 12. Well, so that's an average of 17.83 points over a six-game stretch. This is the interesting part. The Bears, since 1993, so that's post-Ditka, yep. right, have averaged more than uh, 17.8. They have averaged... Wait, let me read this. They have averaged less than 17.83 points over the course of an entire season 14 (laughs) times (laughs) since 1993. Imagine that. Including... 2016, 2017, and 2019. Oh, man. And that was under offensive guru Matt Nagy. Yeah, I'm glad you brought the Packers up, actually, because I think sometimes it sounds like we're making excuses for the quarterback when we talk about how when you don't have protection and you don't have receivers that you trust, your offense can't be effective. I mean, look what's happening in Green Bay right now. Yeah. I mean, their blocking is not good, and Rodgers hates all of his wide receivers. Yeah. And that offense looks horrible. I've said it a few times uh, this year already. I don't think since the beginning of the year that guy has looked like he just gives a shit at all. He he looks miserable out there. Yeah, he does. And And I'm a happy guy. Yeah, I mean, trust me. Bears fans aren't shedding any tears about that, but... Wait, so what is it that we say? You know, wow, I, I, I really got to say, it's, I, I, it makes me a little sad to see, to see him so down. It really is a shame, man. It really is. I wish, I wish Aaron Rodgers was enjoying life more. <laughs> but, um, yeah, boy, that stat is something. I mean, less than, you said what, 17.8 points? 17.83 points per game. We did that. We did that over the course of an entire season. 14 times. 14 times. In the last 20 years? Yeah, basically. Oh, man, that's not enough. <laughs> uh, did we average more than that last year? Uh, yes. All right. Uh, the last time was 2019. Yeah. Was... All, all the way back in 2019! Feels... Feels like a decade ago, but we've watched a lot of bad football since then too. Wow, that's just that's that's just terrible. Oh, it's. I mean, we talked about last week how much the Bears have missed the mark and just have not developed. That's that's three of the last seven seasons. And yeah, I mean, it's it's awful. So you know, <laughs> I mean, well, by the way, they're currently averaging fifteen point five. Yuck. So. Uh, you know, that'll, that'll um, go down. This Bears week. <laughs> fans, you know, uh, we can we can look at the current uh, group and and uh, complain as much as we want, but this isn't new. This is always it's always been, uh, you know, for the last twenty years. And uh, it, it, you know, what we're hoping to see 
is polls build a squad that this doesn't happen with. And let's not forget, Bears fans, this guy has already done that. That's why Kansas City is what they are. Now, I'm not saying that Poles was, you know, responsible for every one of the pieces that are there that has made that or their offense the way it is. But I know one thing, he definitely had a hand in it because he was the guy to have a hand in it over all of that time. Exactly. And that's great experience. That's why he got hired. And as much as I was frustrated with the fact that he didn't do more for the Bears this offseason, you got to reserve judgment. I mean... The Weederer was making this point today, and it's a good one. He's like, no matter what the Bears did this offseason, there wasn't some magic bullet that was going to make it look a ton better than this. Yes. Like, maybe if you go out and get Amari Cooper or DJ Chark or... Why am I blanking on the Jacksonville guy? Kirk. Kirk. Any, any of those guys, adding one piece to this roster... Wasn't going to fix it. No. It might have made made it look a little bit better, but there was just such a deep hole that the Bears had to dig themselves out of because of years of bad drafting. And that's even goes... Uh, that, that even includes like the, the, the regimes before Pace. The Bears haven't drafted well in 15 years. Yeah. And Pace compounded that with terrible free agent spending. Seven years worth. Yeah. Seven years he was in control. That's a long time. Yeah, I mean, but the Bears haven't the Bears haven't drafted well consistently since like the early two thousands. Yeah, I mean, Angelo. That's why he got fired because he drafted really well at the start of his tenure, and then that fell off. Emery, not good. Well, it, Angelo's. You know, most of his early picks were just not very good. His mid round picks would be good. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of similar to yeah. to Pace, but at least his earlier picks were better than Pace's were. For sure. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, think about just the number of first-round picks over the last 15 years that were just complete zeros. Uh, uh, too many. The, the list is, I, I couldn't even name them all off the top of my head. Actually, you'll just give yourself a migraine. And those are your, those, <laughs> those your first-round picks. What attention headache? Go read the draft. Yeah, and like that's how draft history. That's how you end up in this position where you have no talent on your roster because you can only spend your way out of so many problems in the NFL. At some point, you have to draft well. And, that's right. You know, and that's what he and that's what he has been saying since he got hired. We are going to do it the old school way. We are going to work through the draft. This is what Pace said that he was doing and didn't really do it. When you go look at it closely, right. uh, but this is exactly what Poles is doing. Poll said, we're going to work this through the draft. That's how we're going to do it. We're going to homegrown the team. And uh, we're not going to run out and assign a bunch of guys uh, to, to big money contracts to try and fill holes. That's exactly what he's doing. And this will give us a really good core to start with. Now, how big that core is going to be, let's say you were just, you know, I mean, that's kind of tongue in cheek. It's a little bit of a joke, maybe, but it's also truth. Yeah, a lot of these guys won't be on the team next year. But the ones that will be will probably be pretty solid players. That's the hope. Um, and the unfortunate piece of that is that they drafted a quarterback last year that a lot of us are still very high on. Yeah. It's just that they haven't. there's no talent around him. And the thing that I hope is just that he doesn't take such a beating or get so 
discouraged that this has a long-term impact on him. Like the yeah. the first couple years are crucial when you're developing a quarterback, and you don't see a ton of examples of guys being bad for two, three years and then turning it around. It does happen. We were talking about Jalen Hurts. You talk about Josh Allen. It's possible, but so far the Bears have not done a lot or anything really to further his development. So something to monitor. We've been talking about it for months and months, but it's uh, <laughs> okay. It's a sorry. It's a sorry state of affairs, and it's going to be a long eleven more games <laughs> until we get to the offseason. I think. So we got power rankings. On to the next. Power rankings. Okay, so this week, the power rankings, week seven of the NFL regular season, we, oh, we are going to have in this, we checked with the NFL Nation reporters across the league and asked them to name one thing that we and the general public got wrong about each team. Oh, So they explore expectations that have been exceeded and expectations that have not been met. And this is is ESPN, right? To it. Of course, ESPN. Uh, So the number one team in the land is the Buffalo Bills this week. Uh, They were ranked number two. They moved up to number one. They've been in and out of that spot multiple times. And then right behind them, the 6-0 were the only team left in the NFL undefeated. Eagles. Okay. So, uh, you know, uh, this this brings up um, a certain player that you and I were just talking about, Mr. Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know, um, I think that Mr. Jalen Hurts uh, is a pretty similar player to Mr. Number One on our squad. And, uh, you know, I think that it's not totally unrealistic to think that, you know, they could and that, that Fields could end up following a similar path to Hurts. If, if, Sign me up, you know. Like, <laughs> if, if, if if Ryan Poles can find the Eagles' offensive line and the Eagles' wide receiving core, then I agree that would help the quarterback. <laughs> I mean, if you compare the Eagles' line to the Bears' line, that's like college to pro. <laughs> yeah, like, it is about that bad. I heard analysts before the year say that the Eagles' second-string offensive line, guys that didn't even make their team. Are be- is better than the Bears' first string. So, I agree. If, if the Bears could find a way to replicate that, then I agree. It would probably expedite the development process exponentially. <laughs> so, who's the top-ranked team from the NFC North? Uh, the Vikings. Of course. At number four. Okay. Wow. I was a little surprised by that. I thought they would be up there. But I didn't think they would be all the way up to number four. Well, hey, I tell you what, there's a lot of people out there drinking the uh, drinking the Kool Aid. Um, Kevin Seifert, he says, uh, but 21 of their 22 starters have made every start. That's that'll help. That'll help a whole lot, you yeah, know. I mean, and they've gotten a little lucky. It feels like, but yeah, I think they've had a. I've had they've had the ball bounce the right way uh, in more on more than a few occasions. But five and one's five and one, and wins. Our money in the bank, right? So. That's exactly right. Uh, so, um, going down the list, the next one we come across is the Green Bay Packers at number 14. Wow. That's... The 3-3 three and three Green Bay Packers, who dropped from 8 all the way down to 14. They're trying to keep the Packers up there as much as possible because people like Rob Dom- Domofsky don't want to 
let everybody know that this team is just not as good as advertised. I mean, we we talked about the offense. Their defense stinks too. Yeah. This was supposed to be one of the top defensive units in the league, and so far that has not come to fruition at all. I mean they I mean they get a they get a nice draw this week. They go to Washington. We just watched them, they they stink. But after that the Packers are going to play in Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo will beat them by twenty points. It, they're, they're a stinky team. Yeah, I mean the offense looks like the Bears. <laughs> He's so, like, and that that's as big of an insult as I can give an NFL <laughs> offense. So, uh, speaking of the Bears, where are they? Uh, I I would put them at thirtieth, ahead of the Texans, and ahead of the. Why am I drawing a blank here? Texans and Panthers. Duh, I forget. I forget the Panthers. I, I'm guessing ESPN has them ahead of the Lions too, though. Number twenty nine, right. actually, uh, two and four. They fell from twenty seven down to twenty nine. Courtney Cronin says Cole Kmet isn't having the breakout season we projected. <laughs> no. <laughs> so while so much was made of the connection between wide receiver Darnell Mooney and quarterback Justin Fields during the off season, Kmet was also expected to be a huge part of the Bears' passing attack coming off a year where he caught sixty passes for six hundred twelve yards. I thought all of Jimmy Graham, oh my God, oh, she yeah. mentioned Jimmy Graham, he was uh, red zone targets would have gone to commit, but the tight end has only had two passes come his way inside the 20-yard line through six games. Komet has 10 catches for 116 yards. His predominant function in Chicago's offense is as a run blocker, <laughs> which I don't think many saw coming considering the lack of talent and production from others in the passing game. Yeah. Number, and behind him... The Texans, the Lions, and the Panthers. Yeah. So good job there. Uh, the Lions uh, are at thirty-one, one and four. Uh, they're still pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, and their schedule's no joke either. I think their next three are against the Cowboys, the Dolphins, and uh, drawing a blank on the third one, but it's somebody else good. So. And they have uh, their defense has already allowed 170 points through the first five games, which is the most in franchise history. Yes, even worse than the 0 and 16 team. So. Yeah, I mean, Kyle, Lions this week at Dallas versus Dolphins versus Packers. So it's pretty likely that in four weeks, when we've got Bears Lions at Soldier Field, that's going to be two and seven versus one and seven. <laughs> so okay. So bring out your booze to McCormick Place if you're going to that one. Yeah, probably. Uh, okay, so uh, Lions at Cowboys. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Lions last I looked were seven and a half point underdogs. Interesting to see because I think Prescott is seven a, points seven according points. to this. Okay, so it's uh, so I think Prescott's on track to be back. Yeah, they they haven't announced about him yet. Um, it's. Uh, he's still listed, um, as a questionable, uh, they, um, the way I've been reading it though, is they might keep playing Cooper Rush simply because they don't feel like they'll need to put somebody else out there well, yeah, this I mean, week. Why would you rush Dak back? I mean, at this point, I guess maybe if you think you're trying to win the division, but... Cooper Rush has been pretty good, so I don't know why you would send Dak back out there unless he's 100% healthy. So, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a tough spot for the Lions. They're coming off their bye. The Cowboys are pretty good. They've been... I mean, I thought when Dak went down that their season was over, but 
Obviously, Cooper Rush has been more than a capable replacement. Um, I'm sure the Lions are going to lose. They, they, I mean, they, they stink. Their defense can't stop anybody, and Dallas's defense is pretty good. So yeah. I don't know. I, I think I don't know if the Cowboys will cover that spread. Um, seven and a half is a lot, especially when you got a team like the Lions that can score a lot. Yep. And like the Cowboys might go up like thirty to seven, and then the Lions score a bunch of points in the fourth quarter, but. I, like I said, I mean, with the Lions, I, I think they're looking at a, a a one in seven start probably. So this would probably fall into one of the the seven because the, the Cowboys are better than them. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm taking Dallas and the points. Yeah, uh, yeah I think their defense um, is uh, pretty stout. Uh, Dallas's defense has really turned it up another another notch. Uh, I think this uh, I think this Dallas team. Um, has has to thank their lucky stars. Oh, good stars! Uh, <laughs> I like it. I, good fun. I I, I, th- I think they do though because I I don't think their offense is really that you know that miraculous. No. Uh, and um, but uh, that's what's keeping them in games. Um, that's what's going to help them uh, uh, with with the Lions team. Uh, you know, it's like you were saying though, the Lions uh, averaging four hundred and twenty four yards a game. Um and uh, twenty eight points, and that's with a goose egg to the Patriots. That's with a goose egg. How many yards did you say? Uh, four hundred twenty three yards per game and twenty eight points. I mean, that's like three games for the Bears. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the Lions. I mean, it's just a sad sack franchise. Though. <laughs> like, <laughs> they just find ways to lose. So, um, yeah, I don't. I, I still I think that with that offense they're gonna win some games. I just don't think it's this week. So uh, then we have uh, with with poor number twelve, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're at Commanders. What an ugly game that could be. <laughs> yeah, uh, matchup predictor has has Green Bay winning it sixty seven percent to thirty two percent. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Washington. They're terrible. Green Bay by five? Car- yeah, it sounds right. Carson Wentz is out, so it's going to be Washington's backup. Um, Green Bay, I mean, they, they can't do anything on offense right now. And as you talked about earlier, Washington's defensive line is the strong point of that team. So they're going to be getting after Rodgers. And if the Packers wide receivers aren't getting open within a couple seconds, and if yeah. Rodgers doesn't trust them, then could be another long day for that offense, but I also don't think that the Sam Heineke led, or sorry, the Taylor Heineke led. <laughs> I, was, I was confusing Sam. I was, uh, you know, I was, when you said it, I was like, yeah, <laughs> Sam, Joe, Tam, who knows what his I, I should have just rolled with it. I should have just rolled with it. But yeah, I mean, Heineke's not going to put up a bunch of points, even though that Packers defense hasn't been as advertised. I mean, Green Bay, I think they, they get one here before going to Buffalo, and that's going to be a real tough spot for them. I'm, I'm agreed. And now, you know what, though? I don't know whether the points... Uh, uh, Green Bay has certainly been playing down to the level of competition. And, um, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm a happy guy when I watch 12 get frustrated out there, and he certainly could end up that way. Um, you know, the, we, as we were mentioning, they're averaging 17.8 points per game right now. Um, so, you know, that, that five might be too much. Um, might be, I, I, that might be a field goal game. Yeah, for sure. It's just like, 
feel like I feel like Washington. I mean, that's just like a weird place to play in general. There's never mm-hmm. anybody at the game. Like all of the fans hate the team. The, <laughs> the players hate the fans. Everybody hates the owner. Everybody <laughs> hates the owner. Like, it's just everybody hates everybody, and that's your Washington football team right now. But I mean, the Packers. I mean, they they could lose to anybody. I mean, they are really struggling right now, and. If you can lose back-to-back weeks to the Giants and the Jets, you can certainly lose to the Commanders on the road. So. Yeah, absolutely. And if they, I mean, if they lose, that's kind of the end for them because they're that'll put them what three back from Minnesota basically because Minnesota's got the tiebreaker. And yeah, that's tough to tough to crawl out of unless you know the Vikings go in the tank, which they certainly could do. It is Kirk Cousins after all. Yeah, exactly. And the Vikings are on a bye, so you can't lose any bye. Um, <laughs> what do you think about Bears Patriots? <laughs> okay, so the matchup predictor has Patriots 80% yeah. versus Bears yeah. 19 and a half. 80.4 to 19.5. Last I looked, I think it was a 9 point spread. And uh, this has it as an 8. It's nine now. Um, so yeah, it's I guess it's nine now. I guess there must be some heavy betting going on. Uh, you know, um, looking at the stats here, uh, Patriots twenty three and a half points per game, eighteen point eight allowed total yards three hundred sixty seven and all yards allowed three hundred fifty two. So um, you know they're they have the edge in defense. They have a large edge in offense. Um, it's on the road. Chicago's coming off just getting, you know, smacked around. It's 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 going to be ugly. Yeah, I. What is Belichick? Eight points though. That's to me. That's that's a lot of points. Uh, you know, I would never bet the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> what does Belichick love? He loves terrorizing rookie quarterbacks. I know Fields isn't a rookie, but he's young and not experienced, and he's got terrible personnel around him and going into Foxborough is tough especially when your offense doesn't have it together now the Bears did have a long time off between games so maybe they had a little bit of extra time to prepare but this is just a really tough spot historically for teams it's going to be a really tough spot for the Bears the Patriots are playing a lot better they have won two in a row and Historically, when you look at Belichick teams, they play really, really well in the month of October. That's true for all quarterbacks they've had, so that's not just Brady. And Bears are always terrible in primetime, too. So, I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a rough spot. You know, um, one, of the, uh, one of the things that the Bears is gonna, are going to have to deal with is Ramondre Stevenson, yeah. who uh, I know... I have him on my fantasy team. Has really taken the NFL by storm this year. Uh, easily uh, top ten running back right now. Maybe top five running back right now. He's really good, and he's had an opportunity because at the start of the year he was kind of splitting carries with uh, Damian Harris, and now Harris is out. Well, I've actually seen that he's questionable for this game. I don't know yet if he's going to play, but. Even when he's been back in, he hasn't been stealing a lot of cards. Yeah, and Stevenson's really good, and the Bears struggle against the run. And Belichick is not going to overcomplicate it, especially a game like this where it's a non-conference game. You know, there's no style points in the NFL. He's going to run the ball down the Bears' throat. We still don't know if it's going to be Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. I would assume Zappi, but Jones could be back. But either way, 
I think the Patriots are going to be able to score against the Bears. I don't think the Bears are going to be able to score against the Patriots. Yeah. Um, one guy to watch out for that's quietly tied for the league lead in sacks is uh, Matthew Judon. Yeah. He's a monster, and he's going to be in the backfield all night. I mean, he's a really, really good player for the Patriots, and you know he's looking at this as an opportunity to go out there and get two, three, four sacks. Against get his name on national television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get Get your name out there and... Like I said, I mean, the Patriots have just been playing a lot better the last couple of weeks. They started off slow, but Belichick seems to have that ship righted a little bit. So, yeah, I don't have a good feeling about this one. But as I said earlier, I mean, if Fields is awesome, and we've seen him be awesome this year, that he that could be enough for the Bears to stick around. But Foxborough, historically a really, really tough spot for young QBs. So, you know, just two games ago, as I was saying, Detroit got blanked 29-0. to that's a beat down. So, do you, what would you say about the Bears getting? Would would you do you think they get blanked? <laughs> well, I um, say no. If, if I if I had to bet over under zero and a half points, I would probably bet the over. <laughs> but I mean, the Lions were thrown out. I mean, they they didn't have like any of their players. Like it was Goff and nobody. So, I think Fields plus Mooney plus. Whomever else, you know, the Bears at least have a decent running game. It's not like the Patriots' defense is great. This isn't the team that went 16-0. I don't think they'll get blanked. I think, I don't know if they'll score a touchdown, but they might get a couple field goals at least. And I say the Bears score a touchdown. You think it's going to be uh, Nikhil? I think they're going to get a touchdown. You think it's going to be Nikhil Harry? It could be Nikhil Harry. I like it. I would just love, I would love for once for us to be on the guy who returns back to the team that got rid of him. I'd love us to be on the winning side of that just once. Because we're always on the losing side of it. Remember when Chris Conti picked sixth Cutler? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one was another one. My my worst one is I was in Chicago uh, visiting my cousin Neil, uh, and uh, the the Bears were playing the Bengals that week, and Cedric, I can't oh. make fun of him too much now because he's dead. <laughs> Bumpson yeah. uh, just absolutely thrashed the whole team by himself. Oh, he had his he had his day in the sunshine that day, and. Uh, my uh, my cousin and I just sat and drowned in our beers. I think that was the infamous Hunter Hillenmeyer at middle linebacker game. <laughs> it was, and that did not. I think that I think that game was the motivation for one of the great Doug Buffon rants of all time. Oh, back when he used to do the post game nice. show. It's on YouTube. Look it up. It's, I need to look that up. It's it's great. It'll it'll make you smile. And you know what stinks. Nothing has changed. And that was 2008, I'm pretty sure. So, um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens on Monday night. I, I hope that this isn't another primetime game where the entire country is making fun of the Bears. It I, probably will be. My, but... hope, my hopes aren't high. <laughs> so, I think that's probably it for this week. Uh, any um, any fantasy picks from from the Bears or the, the Patriots. <laughs> Don't this, play this any of their players. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, yeah, yeah. you definitely want to have him uh, starting. Um, I, I mean, Khalil Herbert is starting. Yeah, Montgomery and Herbert, you know, the Bears, they're going to try to win games by keeping the ball on the ground. They run the ball a lot, and they run the ball pretty well. So those guys will at least get you a lot of yards in between the 20s. We'll make Bailey's app look good. 
<laughs> Maybe. I mean, or, or ask my buddy Chris, Billy Zaka. Yeah, I like it. There's an idea for a costume. Shout out to, I don't know. If you, <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Yeah, if you're a Bears fan going to the game in New England, show up in a Billy Zapka costume. That's I, awesome. It'll, it'll probably be cold, so yeah. dress up. <laughs> okay, uh, that's all for this week. Uh, go Bears. Go Bears.